0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station.
1: It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and
0: thank you so much for being with us this evening. Tonight I have a rare treat in another sex educator in our field who Megan works mainly within the younger cohort and more of the, the past adolescence but sort of a crossover blend. And, Megan, I believe you're on with me right now? I am, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. We have not chatted since we did our presentation. Well, we have a couple of times, but not in depth about stuff since we did our presentation in Las Vegas.
2: I know. It was almost a year ago now.
0: I know. That's hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, Okay. I'm going to ask you, and, and for a little background here, Megan is, you, now you started what you call mm-hmm. the, um, you also, okay, the author of. Hot and fast, spontaneous quickies for passionate orgasm. Now, was that coming out last year? That came out last year. Yes. Okay. Because you September. had, yeah, you had a copy with you at the show. I did. Yes. And and then she also is you created the Center for Sexual Health and Pleasure, and I also I love your sex tour that you created oh. for colleges. Thank you. I I just think it's awesome. So I'm going to ask you the question that everyone always asks me. So how did you get into doing this? And I love the fact of how you do that thing of if you don't talk to your kids about sex, to the parents, this is what will (laughs) happen. Right. Can You You don't have to turn out like me. Exactly. So, And anyone who wants to see what we're talking about here, Megan's um, online uh, website is com. Yes. So, Megan, explain why I made that comment. <laughs>
2: oh, um, so I always like to start parent workshops with, you know, if you don't talk to your kids about sex, they're going to turn out like me because my parents never talk to me about it, sex, and look what I do for a living, like, all day long. <laughs> that's all I do. So, that, you know, that reduces some fears and makes them giggle, and that's what I love about my job is is I get to name the uncomfortable and be like, it's Okay. Um So how did I get into the field? I, you know, it's really close to kind of what I tell parents. Like, they didn't talk to me. And I think I just I just kept hearing the same questions getting asked by my friends. And people were asking about masturbation. People were talking about pregnancy. And I'm like, just don't understand why if everybody has the same questions, why we just don't talk
0: about it and be more efficient with our time. <laughs> Right, right, I mean, and and you and I both, we know that we're going to teach people how to bank. We know that we're going to teach them how to drive a car. We know that we're going to give them other life skills. And this is the one, you know, and I literally just finished reading a letter from CECUS, which is the Sexuality Information Education Council of the U.S. And, you know, the budget's both in the House and in the Senate. They're trying to stop, you know, funding for things that are some of the most basic educational things that people need. Yeah, I, I
2: we're still we're still struggling, <laughs> you know. But, we're still but you struggling, know what?
0: but we have you and me out there, honey. <laughs> right,
2: right. Now, and I'm I'm so thankful for
0: that, you know. It, I have very to say,
2: passionate. Mm-hmm.
0: you know, you don't come into this because I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be doing this. Right. At all, it was something that, as they say, it's a calling, and you either do it or you don't. But it isn't. For most people, it's because there's something that just, it's magnetic once it's there.
2: Right. It's it's, it's not easy to break in either, so you have have to really want it.
0: Precisely. Now, here you are. Please explain to people what you have done with your college tour that you set up. Sure.
2: So, um, basically anything that I do is a result of me getting angry. Um,
0: <laughs> is, that, is that why you wear red?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why, that's how the center started. That's how the college tour started. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a professor, a group of professors in this area um, had been going back and forth with me, and they made a statement publicly that you could not teach about sexuality in an educational manner that was at the college level. That there was no need, it couldn't be done and I was like, Oh yeah, I raise you. I raise you to that because <laughs> right? They were just like, no, this is a, this is a fluff topic and it doesn't it doesn't have academic merit. I'm like, no. No 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 no. No, we're, Not these, we're
0: the, the, now, are, are these college professors who are in different study areas, or do they have anything to do with health and sexual health?
2: Oh, uh, well, one is a woman's health professor. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, a women's professor, not women's health, women's professor. And then another is uh, an economics professor. So those okay. Those are the two that were spearheading it. Um, so I just decided, I was like, this This can be discussed, and it needs to be discussed, based on looking at SPI rates, looking at consent issues, looking at shame issues. Like, these are things that are are taking people's lives or ruining them. So, yeah, we can actually, and we need to. And so we have fun conversations that are at the level of
0: college students. Okay, now, you have set up, now, could please describe for people what this tour is like, because if you go onto Megan's site, you'll see that there's, you know, this list of, you know, this place, this place, I mean, the Ivy Leagues, all of them, and are they finding you, are they coming to find you for this program? Yes. Yeah. And why are, what is it that has you be their go-to person
2: Um, So I'll go based on what students have have stated, Is and so I'm going to use their words, um, that I am down-to-earth, very confident, and extremely funny. Nobody's used snarky, but I would use snarky to describe me. Um, But you're not. not. Oh, I think I am. (laughs) Maybe that's why people aren't using it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but it's all, I mean, in your brain you might be being snarky, but people are not perceiving you that way, right? Okay, that's good to know.
2: <laughs> and yeah, and it's never directed towards them. It's just you know, like why I set up the tour? Oh, because I was angry. <laughs> that's that's snarky for me. Um, and so it's two hours of. It's usually two and a half hours of me talking, interacting with the audience throughout the. The whole time, like, I like to tell them, like, I want you on some level to act like you're in sixth grade. Like, I want you to interact with me like I'm a living person because when you just sit there and stare at me, like, you're not learning. You need to be interacting and building muscle memory and building your communication skills as we go through this together.
0: Okay. So now, I
2: think that's one of the things
0: that really works for them. Hmm. Do you, you talk about a few brave souls that you might bring up to the front.
2: I do, yes.
0: See, in mine, they're all brave souls. And the one thing that's nice is that they're anonymous, because sometimes I know if people, they're like, oh, dear, I don't want anyone to know that I know this. So I'm always saying to people, okay, um, if your friend is going to ask this question, and, of course, everyone always has that friend who wants to ask the question. Right. But when when you so but you've got a range of different products, all the different subjects. I mean, I loved the scope of the different presentations that you've done. Did you create those based on people saying this is the area we want to go, or was it based on what you saw were trends in areas?
2: Um, The beginning, the beginning. I would say the first ten presentations that I created were based on um things that I knew people were struggling with and had repeat questions about. Right. Um I would uh, it's not often that I create programs specifically based on requests like but it happens every once in a while cuz usually people will find something that they want except for Wesleyan University. So
0: Why every summer
2: if there's something about Wesleyan in which every year they contact me and they're like, we want this. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And the last year, and you know what? And I do it with Wesleyan. Like I tried it once and it works really well. And I've noticed that the topics that Wesleyan picks for me to do presentations on. And like, you know, I come up with a name and everything tend to be the most, popular the next two years. It's, really? Let me know how to pick the... Yes.
0: Yes. Sort of like the Beloit list.
2: They really are.
0: Huh. Because, you know, Beloit has that thing about what you're going to find with the incoming, you know, freshman class.
2: Yeah. So huh. they they really... They tell me what they want and then I, I create and, and I tell them, like, you're my test subject, so you're getting the very first presentation. Like, it's not... It's not perfected yet, um, and they're excited to learn, and they're excited, you know, that I I tell people, like,
0: Wesleyan created this, and so with the idea. Right. They're, they're the cutting edge coming forward. Now, we're coming yes. up to... 30, 30 seconds before our first break, my guest okay. is Megan Andalou. Anyone who wants to check out her site, it's o megan o h m e g a n com. And what I titled this, you know, this evening was, so you want to be a sex educator? What do you mm. need to know? What you know? And I think one of the first things we talked about, you have to have a passion for it. And like you, the reason I started doing it is because I was so pissed. I was furious that people were not being given accurate information so leaving on that emotional note we will be right back please stay with us
1: There's no stopping us.
4: Join host Kalen Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kalen helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kalen for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kalen will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lou Paget.
0: Welcome back everyone. And just by the way, I did a little bit of a, you know, a little error on the name of the center that Megan created. It's the Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health, correct? Correct. Yeah. Thank you. So Pleasures First. Excellent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so just before we, we, took, we went on our break, we're talking about what motivated us to go into this. And really what I want this show to be about is anyone who would, is considering or is drawn to the field of sex education and wanting and seeing a need in it, I want you to feel like you're sitting beside us having a glass of wine or tea or whatever. And we're going to go through how we created it, how it got started. Because, Megan, I didn't go in, and I don't have a degree in the area of sexuality. I have a hard sciences degree, and I have a marketing background. But what I had was I was volunteering on the AIDS ward at Cedar sinai and because I wasn't scared of getting AIDS. And it literally took on a life of its own. And like you listening to Wesleyan, Mm-hmm. people kept saying, you need to keep talking about this, and I just kept nodding my head and saying, okay. Right. So now did you come in with a degree in this area?
2: Um, I did. I I majored in human development and family studies with a minor in human sexuality. hmm. And it's not easy to find programs, I think, in, in human sexuality. And I think that a lot of times when people contact me, they're like, um, my experience is, is they're saying, you know, where can I get a degree in human sexuality? I'm like, you know, it's pretty limiting if you actually get your degree in human sexuality. It can give you a great framework, but there are so many other ways that you can get a degree in, and work in this field mm-hmm. that are a little bit more broad. So I'm, I tend to tell people, like, be a little bit more broad in, in your scope of your education if this is a field that you want to go into. And it mm-hmm. also gives, I think, some... You know, comfort for the people who enter in later on and they're like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't study sexuality in college. I'm like, well, you can go back and supplement. You can go about this in different routes. And there's so many different ways that we
0: can, people can be a sex educator in our country, in our culture, you know? I, 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 that I would agree with. And for me, I had the hard sciences background, biology, botany, microbiology, zoology. And so I understood the body and I understood science, and I understood how to read things. But what I also knew is that a lot of people, as soon as they hear anything scientific, roll their eyes into the back of their head and go, oh, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> and right. I, I always knew how to make science be fun. So that was something that, you know, I had, somehow I had that. But as you said, you know, you, but you and I are both, ASEC certified sex educators, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Now, you're also a mentor with them. Are you still a mentor with them?
2: I am, yes.
0: Now, what does that entail?
2: Um, if somebody has a question and they contact ASEC uh, regarding how to get into the field, we provide uh, answers and email or phone correspondence with the people who are looking to enter into the field.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so,
2: that's about it, I mean, the I've always loved mentoring. So and, I, I started an internship program um, through through the center, so that we could mm-hmm. I could do more hands on mentorship.
0: Now, when you wanted to create the center for sexual mm-hmm. pleasure and health, you had a little bit of controversy about it. Did you not? I did. Good. did. <laughs> now, how how are they now?
2: Um, they are great. Um I am a member of the Rotary Club now. Oh my lord. <laughs> I know. I'm such a good citizen. Um and um Brown University's medical school. Um, contracted me out to be a teaching instructor for the med students through the center. So Excellent. going in and providing ongoing sex education, like once, once, twice a month for six months to each incoming
0: class. Wow, that's outstanding. Yeah. Now, let let me jump ahead. You were at the most recent conference on sexual health education. Was it with only within med schools that it was being covered? Yes. Now, please tell people what that was, because I'm I'm the incoming vice chair for the leadership council um, at University of Minnesota, which is program oh. human sexuality. So that's I'm leaving for Minnesota for Minneapolis tomorrow morning. And yeah. thank you. And what I do know, what majority of us do know, is that students in med students don't get education in the area of sexual health, area of right. sexual pleasure, in the area of sexual function. So. Right. Did you bring anything? Now, it was just, it, was it just like a couple of months ago? It was in December. Oh, okay. And yeah. you were there, was uh, not um, former Surgeon General David Satcher there?
2: Yes, and Josh's former John. Surgeon General
0: Jocelyn Elders oh, mm-hmm. was also there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything that you brought back from that conference?
2: I brought back that there are I think one of the biggest things is that there are a lot of people that want to make changes happen and are invested in making systematic, standardized changes that can mm-hmm. be replicated throughout the country, mm-hmm. which is you know, it's direly needed when you, when, at least when I talk to people about the fact that most med students receive less than 12 hours of sex education in the duration of their training, and the majority of that is spent on Viagra or the birth control pill.
0: Right. They're, they're floored. Well, I, I, to me, it is appalling because that's one of the first three places I, I sound like a broken record when I do this or like you know the repeat button. But people go to someone of faith, they go to someone who is in the area of who is a physician or they go to someone who's a therapist. And typically those three areas do not get any training in this. They want to be good and they want to be able to refer well. But you know, I I've known you know for five years since being on the advisory council with Dr. Satcher this is something that is so sadly lacking, and I had no idea it was lacking. Yeah. I, did, I, I did not know, but touche for Brown for bringing you in.
2: Thanks. Yeah, they're, they're a great program. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really fortunate that my partner went through med school so I could see what he was learning um, and hear where, where there was information that was severely lacking. Mm-hmm. So... Gave me a good a good insight from a different perspective,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are a sex educator, you have to have your eye on the entire horizon of what's going on, oh, because yes. because <laughs> you know because everything <laughs> impacts. Everything is there. One of the things when when we were doing the um, presentation in Las Vegas, what we were doing is we were on a on a panel on Impact of Fifty Shades of Grey within mm-hmm. the area of adult novelties and toys. And I was speaking from a marketing standpoint, and you were talking about what's happening on campuses. And I thought it was fascinating that you said a lot of these young women did not like the books at all. Yep. Now, do they still not like them? Yep. They do, they hate still,
2: them. do they still hate not them? As, not they? as bad, though. They
0: don't hate it as, with as much material
2: Lie <laughs> okay. down.
0: Now, now, please tell people why they didn't like the books.
2: They didn't like the books primarily because, um, primarily because the way that many folks were reading them was titillating, and then they were going out and practicing the behaviors that they heard in the books. And so the conversations that were coming up on campuses were, you know, this book clearly is does not re- respect consent at all. Um it is a horrible BDSM one oh one tutorial. Uh the one of the main characters is just plain evil, so so Gray um is a sadist and he doesn't <laughs> listen. <laughs> so there were, were these were some of the things. And there was a lot more um, you know, words that were used to describe it. Uh so it was interesting because when I'm working and doing, like, private workshops, uh, I was at Good Vibrations last night doing a, a fellatio class, and the population that usually attends, like, the sex toy shop loves those books. So very different demographics.
0: <clears throat> so they be women over 30? Yeah, generally speaking, yes. Yeah. I mean, I know one of the things that has so surprised me is how many people in our field will make a comment about that trilogy and they haven't even read the books.
2: I know. And I loved when you showed up to the the, the, the Fifty Shades with all of your earmarks and your post-it notes sticking out of the book, and I'm like, that book is massive from all the notes that you wrote in it. That was like a beautiful type A personality represented in a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, Loved
0: it. <laughs> well, thank you. What I wanted is that I wanted to understand. It's like someone making comments about a movie that they haven't gone to see. I don't, right. think, I don't think you can go and talk about something that's impacting the area of sexuality if you haven't taken it in through your own eyes and done the processing in your head. Right. And, and to me, what I know is that having looked at it, this really is not BDSM. She never was a submissive. And actually, at times that there's a total screw up in, in all three of those books, she starts it. Yeah. She initiates yep. everything. So yep. I, I understand if they're thinking that this is supposed to be a playbook for them or play by playbook. First off, it's a fantasy. But secondly, take parts of it that might work, which we are going to our second break here. My guest is Megan Andalou. She is the founder of the Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health. You can find her on omegan.com, O-H-M-E-G-A-N.com. And when we come back, we're going to talk about trends. Please stay with us.
1: This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk. When we get back after these, this is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com.
3: Get ready for smart health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. on the Rockstar
4: Radio Network. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports Radio Show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns and Motorsports, Entertainment at its best. Trust us on this one; it's a fun show every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back,
0: everyone. And while we're on the break, and the reason that we're coming in laughing is both Megan and I have exactly the same reaction to the line of toys that have been endorsed by the woman who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, and we both think that it is absolute crap.
2: Horrible crap, like unhealthy for your body will, that's my main thing, is like so many of the things are like bad for your body. And I'm like, really, really, you could have done better.
0: Uh, she could so have been many ab- so much better. And the reason that the, re- the reason that this particular company got it is because they're a British company and, you know, herself being British. But the line that has come out is appalling. It's cheaply made. It doesn't look good and i think they could have been so much more creative yes absolutely. so much more creative because yeah. this is i mean the whole idea of this book is that you want to bring yourself to a layer and a level you've never been able to go to before and this stuff is it's almost substandard in the production quality yeah
2: there's there's no lavishment there's no like uh, sensuality on some level but you know my brain keeps going to like oh my gosh indeed, you, you made that and you put your you put your signature saying you, you endorse that and that's that's bad really yeah and, bad.
0: <laughs> so I and when people have asked me I've said go and find something else that is much better because this line that's been endorsed is not worth it right period mm-hmm. so there we go Um, Now, the other thing, we have seen the impact in other toys, which is why you and I were both on that panel for Sports Sheets. The gentleman who created Sports Sheets, his name is Tom Stewart. And Tom is terrific at listening to what people want. So he has that whole line of that it's called the sex and mischief line. And what I've told him is I said, okay, Tom, So this is where it comes in for the people who are reading Fifty Shades of Grey. You get them into that thing, then what do you do? You know, you can get someone into a certain position, then what do you do with their body? Right. I said, Tom, you got to give them something else. (laughs) True. Which is why you and I have been approached to do things to go into his little, you know, into his um, products. But please also share one of the things that you spoke about when we were on the the break that yes, the young women in colleges that you said they had a fury about this, but now you said they're not as angry. And why do you think that that has evolved that way?
2: Well, you know, I think that the the book primarily has died down a little bit, a little bit. Um, But I think that, and so I think that's one of the reasons that the the anger has has dissipated a bit. Um, One of the things that was, was brought up is that, you know, they were at the time last year that we spoke about, they were pissed because it was about sexuality and their parents were reading and they didn't want to be associated with their parents. You know, mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. people don't want that. Some people do, and that's fine, but they clearly did not. But the conversations have been shifting a little bit in which they're not as angry what has been coming out is statements of my mom is talking to me about the book now. And she's Mm -hmm. talking to me about the fact that she's reading it. So it's not that they just know that their parents are reading it, but now their, their mom is talking to them. And so there's a little bit of undertone of like, "Eh, she wants to talk to me about sex. But on some level, I think that the anger has also dissipated because the parents or their moms are talking to them about sexuality, and while mm-hmm. it may be uncomfortable at first or weird, it's also kind of validating
0: and creates a, a relationship that they they want on some level. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I have seen, just you know, from like a sort of a mega standpoint mm-hmm. on a macro level, is that these books have opened up people wanting to try and to be able to have a conversation about stuff that they never could before. And I know that some women were really ticked because they were like this, who's this woman? She's just getting bossed around. And, you know, look, Anastasia, this really is a book about falling in love. So when I look at it, I say to people, look, it's a a harlequin romance meets vanilla kink. There is no true BDSM because the BDSM people are ticked off because they say it's not true BDSM it's not <laughs> you know there's just their type of kinky sex, and what I found, Megan, I was in Chennai, um, India, the end of February, beginning of March, then I was in um, that was that no part of me in all of February, I was in Singapore, then Malaysia, um, Hong Kong um, uh, Kuala Lumpur and one other place in the Far East. And let me tell you something. The places, and and I'm speaking into audiences that are, you know, early 30s to, you know, early, you know, early, late 40s. And I'll tell you, in all of those conservative cultures, Fifty Shades was huge.
2: I would would imagine. I would imagine. It frees the imagination. It gives voice to imagination in a way that,
0: other things haven't necessarily picked up on. Yeah.
2: yeah
0: and, and, and 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 what was surprising to me is in Chennai, India, which is very conservative southern india and they were yes we want to know about this we want to know about these toys we want to know how to use them we want to incorporate them because they don't have an attitude of you know the next bigger better thing coming along in a relationship when they make a marriage when they're you know and a lot of the marriages there are still very much arranged and they are married they're not they're not ending marriages marriages are often about family they're often about you know the, the, social, the social connection on things, but they really wanted to know. And I had said to them, are you sure you want me to bring this you know, product with me? And they said, absolutely. Right. And I was like, okay, excellent. Now, one of the things I'd love to hear is, what are you finding are new sexual behavior trends and are things localized or are they national?
2: I think I pay you know I I notice things that happen in certain parts of the country mm-hmm so I usually like a year later things start trickling into everywhere but I like paying attention to like you know what's up on the West Coast like I'm floored by the amount of people that are using coconut oil right now as Lou
0: yeah <sighs> And, are they, and, and then are they trying to go on and use condoms as well? Oh,
2: oh yeah. But
0: oh, yeah.
2: But the thing is, is like the reasons that they're using, they're like, it's natural. And I'm like, yes, but preliminary research has come out saying that even food-based oils outside of safer sex practices are... They, they believe, based on, on research, that it's causing, it's increasing yeast infections and infections in the vaginal canal because it's clogging the vagina. So preliminary well, the, research is saying, like, don't do it. Well,
0: coconut oil, my understanding is the molecule for coconut oil is it doesn't get absorbed into the skin, so it just stays on the top and blocks things. Right. That's, yes. Hmm.
2: It's all over California, and the amount of sad faces that occurred when I was like, I'm not recommending it, I'm going to recommend that you stop doing that
0: Wow, okay, and they're probably thinking it's being really good because it's you know um uh, unpasteurized Natural. or yeah mhm-hm yeah, yeah,
2: good
0: yeah it, it does so West Coast they're using coconut oil what else
2: um I love. I love going to Colorado because every time I'm in Colorado, I have men who, um, after lectures or workshops, they will come up, as people do, and ask questions. And for some reason in Colorado, and it only happened in Colorado, but three years in a row now, three years, <laughs> I have had – you know what I'm going to say?
0: No, but I know it's going to be good.
2: And they come up and they start asking me a question, but in the question that starts off, they start talking about how when they're autofillating And the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh wow! And then I was like, Oh, this is in my head. I'm like, This is this is still going. Oh, the autofilating's not the question. That's just part of the story. Now, a lot in of they must. They must. You must do a lot of yoga. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, these guys all autoflate. <laughs> Nowhere oh in the country do I hear men talk about this. And they don't they're always at different locations. I'm like, it's just so fascinating.
0: So. And then okay, so they're talking about autofillating and then what's the next part of the question?
2: It's it's random. It's always random. About something, but it's never about the auto It's just the it's just the backstory.
0: Oh my lord! Yeah. Well, I think I think there's also. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember the <laughs> first time this guy told me that he could auto and I remember very gently sipping my martini and going, my mouth looked like a little cheerio. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, on that happy note, I was like, how did he love- get Yeah. He, but he wanted, he so wanted to show me how he could do it. Oh. And the reason he was really good at it is because he had done yoga classes for years with his mother. And oh, so he, I have to tell you, and he was not <laughs> overly endowed, but he did show me that he could do it. I was, abs- I was like... I was, you know, duly impressed. But I will bet you, Megan, the reason that they're telling you that they autofillate is so they can brag, even if they don't do it. But I'm watching their faces because now
2: I'm like ready for it. And there's no, there's no spark. There's no twinkle in the eye. There's no looking up. Like I keep looking for it. Like I'm gonna <laughs> find your tell. There's no
0: tell. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, we're coming up to our next break. My guest is Megan Andalou, and we've just been talking about the interesting trends and questions in different areas of the country. We will continue with that when we come back from the break. Please stay with us. <laughs>
1: She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the woo Radio Network.
3: For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Togionet.com. Welcome back to
1: Sex Talk, Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Ah, Yes, we have been enjoying ourselves over the break. Um, so, before the break, my guest, Megan Andalou, uh, who she is the sound, uh, founder for the Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health, and she also does the sex tour for college yes. um, campuses. So, we were talking about the things you only heard in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what are, are, there, are there any others aside from the coconut oil in West Coast? Uh-huh. What else? Okay, are we going to do New England?
2: Uh oh, okay for the faint of heart, I give you fair warning um for some reason in older this is older folks um so I would say over the age of 60 in New England Mhm I have had uh I have had a few women who have disclosed that uh they're asked questions after They've asked questions, and it basically has come out that they're surprised or, no, they're surprised that they're experiencing pain or that they learned that they shouldn't be inserting sticks or pine cones uh, in their
0: vagina. What? what? Yes. Yes. No, no, no. okay, come on. I'm all for control. There's sort of like a limit on the edge of when you should and should not. Anything that has jagged edges does not belong there.
2: I kid you not. There was this one person, and I just went like, and I'm like, they were, they really were, they were experiencing pelvic pain. I had been doing a very serious workshop, and they came up after, and they were talking. They say that they're experiencing it, and they say during masturbation time. I'm like, oh, you know, can you tell me what you're using for for masturbation time? And she looked. She's like, you know, one to three pine cones. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> one to three? <laughs> one to three. And oh I'm no. like, oh, that's why you're having the pain. That's the pain right there. But something about, and, and, and the women that I've spoken to, and I've disclosed this, that I've spoken to, because there's have also been the anonymous question cards that have come in, have right. both told me that, the reason that they were using sticks or that they were using pine cones was because it was natural and they thought it was better than using <sighs> something artificial. Oh and my so God. I bring it back to the study sex college tour where I'm like, if we don't talk about these things, people can do harm to their body. If we don't have access to sex toy shops, people will find ways to do what they're thinking about, what their bodies are calling for in ways that aren't safe. And so people may think initially, oh, you know, what's a sex toy 101 workshop doing at a college? But it's on some level risk reduction. Like, I want people to use a vibrator versus
0: a stick. (laughs) Right. And here's the thing. One, um, also... If you let people know that, for heaven's sakes, when you are masturbating, when you are self-pleasuring, whatever term you wish to use, that tends to be even more private than being sexual with someone. Right. And that's the thing. People are often like, well, I don't really necessarily want to talk about that. But I also, when, you know, and she said actually one to three pine cones. Oh, my Lord. Right. Oh. Now, what do you see as other new behaviors? Um, are there more people who are identifying as gender fluid now? Are there more people who... Oh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm hearing a lot more of that. And yeah,
2: and so one of the things that I always do is right up front when I start and I go through my ground rules is I explain how I'm going to be using language. So. <laughs> I'm going to say partner. I'm going to use um, third in terms to talk about genitalia, but genitals don't mean gender. Um, and so, I, yeah, I have like a three minutes of how I talk about identity because mm-hmm. it's so um, in in the communities that I run in, it's it's so commonplace that I don't I don't even think about it necessarily anymore, but in the workshops, I give a big disclaimer on it because it's
0: it's so commonplace.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I have found that now I'm having more women who are identifying as bisexual who want to know how to please a woman and how to please a man, mm. and how one woman who would she would be mainly with men, and now she is with a woman, and she said she 's only ever been with women, and she said, I-, "I need to know how to I need to know how to go down on her, I need to know things to do because she said, "I really don't and she said, "I, I want to feel more confident with her and she 's slightly younger and has had more partners so i 've seen that shift. The other thing i 'm wondering, are you seeing that they are having an issue with sexual function as a result of medications.
2: Um, I am not seeing that that much. Okay. Um, I'm seeing that more in the early 20s, like mid mid 20s, but not so much in the in the college age. What I am noticing with the boys though is that they're coming to more workshops. Really? Yeah. I'd say, I would say about 45% of the population in the audience now is um, male-identifying individuals.
0: Now, that's very impressive.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I started working on um, is starting to name the insecurities or the fears that men are having. That they talk to me about, and so I started putting those into workshops, and it's amazing of what's been happening. Like the men are now coming, and they're asking really intelligent questions and hard questions, such as, such as um, my girlfriend really wants me to spank her or pull her hair. But I know that she's been raped, and I identify as a feminist, and I don't want to trigger her. So what do I do? I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt her,
0: but mm-hmm. she wants it. It's going to be a trigger, yeah.
2: You know, and the fact that somebody asked that question out loud in a room of 160 people, and, like, everyone was slammed in, sitting on the floor, shoulder to shoulder, those questions started giving men more opportunities to ask questions themselves. And so a question came up in terms of that didn't cause a laughter response of a guy talking about, like, what do I do when I can't get hard because I'm nervous? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. In, I haven't seen that. I'm going to say bravery and vulnerability from men
0: before this year. Wow.
2: That it's is It's pretty awesome. impressive.
0: You know, it's, I I will often have the um, uh, men because I do the ladies and the men seminars separately, mm-hmm. and the men will come up afterwards. And as we're walking somewhere, you know, going to somewhere else, that is when they will ask that question they've never been able to ask. Yeah, and that is something that does it not just warm your heart to be able to help them. Oh God, yeah.
2: <laughs> So much.
0: I know, you know, exactly. I'm
2: like, oh, I want to hug you. I'm so happy. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Now, do you, are you finding that there are more instances when we, you know, when you talk about the girls being, you know, upset about, you know, does not respect consent? Is there, have you seen a growth in the amount of rape or? you know, not paying, you know, not respecting consent on campuses?
2: I mean, the news definitely is starting to pick up on, on lack of consent um, on campuses. I, I tend to go, I mean, I was at University of Tennessee and the reason that they brought me in um, last year was because they were, uh, administration was walking on campus and two students, Two um, guys walked by and were openly talking about putting roofies in the girls' drinks and how they had Mm -hmm. sex with them that night. Mm -hmm. So they brought me onto campus to kind of start talking about that.
0: Um, Uh Because I know for – it's apparently common here um, at USC, um, at Mm -hmm. Pepperdine, and Mm. this is, you know, anecdotally coming from – students who are interns with um, my boyfriend's company. And she mm. said, it just it's, happens every weekend, was her comment. And it is, you know, the date rape and date rape drugs, and then the girls don't even remember anything. And I know from a gentleman who is like a medical examiner, one of the things about the, the roofies is that they are out of the system so quickly they can't test for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you know I, now we I mm-hmm. you No know, we, we 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 wanna end on an up 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 note oh, here. Yes. <laughs> so if yeah. you you have someone who comes in and and I have to tell people, I love the fact that you wear your red lipstick and you wear, you know, like the fifties style of clothes that just you know, and that's you, that is Megan. So, you know, she's got this red hair and, and she's got this look that is just no one else looks like Megan. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> And you've still got, but so here they are. I'm going to ask you this final question: How do you leave an audience, and how do you keep them plugged into your sane and sa- savvy advice when you're when you leave?
2: I giggle with them, and I tell them it's so okay to be awkward. Like I'm wicked awkward, and it's going to be okay. We can giggle through it, and and I think you know. Showing people that you can laugh during sex and, and that doesn't mean you're laughing at someone. gives people more comfort and so then they want to stay connected.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I
2: think, I think it's really important to laugh and to giggle and to remember that sex
0: is supposed to be playtime, not anxiety. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. It is, it is your body saying what words cannot. Megan, thank you so much for being with me this evening. My guest is thank Megan Andalou and you can reach her at o megan a o h m e g a n dot com and look seriously go on and look at this you will have such a blast on her site megan thank you my dear and we will be in touch very soon sounds good thanks lou okay take care Bye-bye. bye bye
1: bye lou on TogiNet with host lou paget every week this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health our sexual health. Join Lou Padgett